Welcome to the Parkway Live Church Podcast. Thank you for taking time to let God's Word impact you. Always encouraged to know God is touching lives through this ministry. Please visit parkwaylive.com to let us know. You can also hit the giving tab to sow into the ministry that you are experiencing. Now, prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. We're going to talk a little bit about a New Year's resolution. Anybody made a New Year's resolution? Yeah, no. Yes, very good. You know why? Because we just never live up to those things. But uh, so, so I was... Uh, I was wondering just, you know, once Christmas was over, I put a post out on Facebook this week, and I was asking people, you know, what are your New Year's resolution? What is your New Year's resolution going to be this year? And, and I just want to share just a few with you today. Uh, some of them said, you know, I, I want to get back in shape other than round. That was, that was one of them. That was not mine. Uh, one said, I want to pay off debt. I like this one. This one, somebody said, I want to buy a gratitude journal. And uh, I really like that. They said they want to buy a gratitude journal and just really write down all the things that they're thankful for. That's a pretty good idea. So go ahead and write that one in your, in your notes today. Uh, somebody said, I want to be happy with who I am. Another one said, I want to plant a church. I wonder who that could be, uh, Michael and Carmen Scobie. Uh, Another one said, and this is not mine, you're going to think this is mine, but somebody said they wanted to start ballroom dancing. I've already broke one hip, I don't want to break the other one uh, in dancing. And then if I learned it, I'd use it in a message and it may may make everybody run away. Uh, That was not mine though, but somebody wanted to start ballroom dancing. Uh, Brother Hollingsworth said, in fact, he didn't just say this once on the post, He put it back again at the very bottom because just in case you missed it the first time, he said, I'm just not going to make any resolutions. He said, that's my resolution, to not make resolutions, not once, but twice. And I love you, Brother Hollingsworth. And and just in case you were wondering, I want to share you just a few of mine, share with you just a few of mine. They're going to put them on the screen today. Uh, One of my first one is this, is uh, I want to finish a whole chapstick. I mean, has anybody ever finished one of those things? Like, like, where did I put my chapstick? Like, you know, I, I'm, I, this year I'm going to finish a chapstick. Uh, the next one, you know, hey, everybody, this is for you. Uh, this year I will not pick my nose in the car. You've all done it. You've all done it, I know. But uh, this year, that's my resolution. This, the next one, this should be ours every year. This year I will not die. It's a good one, especially if you're a firefighter. Uh, this, year, this year I will eat less bacon. And according to the Bible, less is more. Look at the next one. According to the Bible, less is more, so I'm going to eat more bacon. I just thank God for less is more scripture there. Maybe not used politi- or correctly, but we're going to throw that in there. Uh, my next one is, is I'm going to make all my friends gain 15 pounds so I look skinnier. Actually, some of y'all going to need to gain about 150 pounds so I look skinnier. Uh, my other resolution was this. I'm, I'm going to read more, so I'm going to put subtitles on my TV. <laughs> and then here's this one. This one isn't mine. This is actually Alma Emerson's. Uh, this year I will exercise more. Wait, I meant to exercise my right to eat more tacos. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Yeah, Man, I'm telling you, that, that was a good one. Uh, and, and then, you know, I, I asked Jennifer Tice what hers was, and she said this. She said, I don't need one because I'm already a big deal. So uh, <laughs> watch what you put on Facebook. Anyways, we're, uh, we're, we're glad you're here today, and, and I want you to have a great New Year's. And uh, every, every time this year, a lot of people will, will make these resolutions. Like, like I, I try to go to the gym all year long, but in January, I cannot stand going to the gym. Actually, it's more of a comedy routine because so many people start out their year. I mean, it's like there was only 20 people in December working out. There will be 200 at the gym in January. And 180 of those 200 don't have a clue what to do and don't want to ask what to do with the machine. So they're doing some pretty funny things. But, uh, but every year we, we, we try to do some, uh, some, a few New Year's resolutions. Maybe it's be nicer. Maybe it's I need to attend church every week. Or I need to be nicer to my husband. I mean, maybe my wife is thinking that. Uh, and, you know, we, we all have these New Year's resolutions. And, and these are great and these are good. And it, it's a good time to do a restart in our life. 
But, but, but can I say this today? If you're going to have a New Year's resolution, I believe every one of us, this needs to be it. If you don't have one, Brother Hollingsworth, this needs to be your, your resolution. And this is, this is what I believe our resolution needs to be. It's this. is to know Jesus. Our resolution needs to be to know Jesus. You, you say today, yeah, yeah, but I've known him all my life. No, no, I, I, want, I want this to be your resolution because I, I have known God all my life. I have known Jesus Christ as my Savior all my life. But this year, in 2019, I want to be so much more knowing more Jesus in 2019 than I've ever known him before because I want to be amazed even more. I want to be, be just blown away by his goodness, blown away by his love. I want to know him more and more and more in 2019. And I love what Paul said in Philippians 3, 7, 7 through 11. Paul said this. He said the very credentials. Now understand Paul wrote more the, more the, the, the Bible than, than anybody else. He, he penned the words uh, under, under, under Jesus, under, under God's uh, moving. He, he penned the words more than anyone else in the whole Bible. And these are the words that Paul said in Philippians. He said, the very credentials these people are waving around us as something special. I'm tearing them up and I'm throwing them out with the trash. Along with everything else that I used to take credit for. And why? Because of Christ. Yes, all the things that I once thought were so important, they're, they're gone from my life. Compared to the high privilege of knowing Christ Jesus. He said, compared to the high privilege of knowing Christ Jesus as my master firsthand. Everything that I once thought I had going for me. It's insignificant. In fact, he says these words. He says it's, 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 it's like dog dung. I've dumped it all in the trash so that I could embrace Christ and be embraced by Him. I didn't want some petty, inferior brand of righteousness that comes from keeping a list of rules when I could get the robust kind that comes from trusting God, God's righteousness. I gave up all the inferior stuff so I could know Christ personally, he said, and experience His resurrection power. And be a partner in his suffering. And go all the way with him to death itself. If there was any way to get in on the resurrection from the dead. I wanted to do it. Think about this. Think about this. Paul Paul wasn't just some nobody. Paul wasn't just some person that had just messed up in life. And he wasn't a loser. He hadn't hit rock bottom here. I mean, he had everything going for him. He, he wasn't saying, man, I'm, I failed at this and I failed at that. And, and, and there wasn't nowhere to turn. I mean, Paul was one of the most educated people of his time. He was the elite of the religious class. People knew him. And they wanted to be just like Paul. Paul had everything, and yet he said, I compare all that to dung when I can really know Jesus Christ. That's what I want in my life. And I just wonder, I just wonder in 2019, wherever you are in your walk of life, I want you to know Jesus more. I want you to know God more. I want this church to know Jesus more. I want you on a personal level to just say, hey, you know what? I want to do a lot of those things, but I'm going to set them aside because my personal goal this year in 2019 is I want to know Jesus more. I want to know him. I want to know he's with me. I want to know he lives in me. I want to know he's there every second of the day. I just want to know him more. And I want to be amazed by him. I mean, what if we, what if we really did what the Bible said in Matthew 6, 33? What, what if we really did this? 
What if we really, I mean, this is a good thing on our, on our refrigerators. This is a great thing to memorize. But what if we really put this into play in our life? To seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness above all else. Above getting on the morning and going to work. Above, above showing our wife or our husband that we love them. Above raising our kids. What if we really put this scripture to use? In 2019, that we said, I'm going to seek first the kingdom of God. I'm going to seek after you above all else. Because then Jesus says, he's got, the word of God says, and then he will give you everything else that you need. Everything else he's planned for you. Everything else that he's put for you. But that really doesn't matter when you look at the first part of the scripture. The first part of the scripture is the most important. It's seeking God first above all else. Above everything we do, above breathing our next breath, God, I just want to know you more. I want to see you more. I want to see you at work in my life more. You know, in, in, this, in this last year, I, 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 I feel like I've never been more close to God than I've been in this last year and seen his work in, in, in my everyday life, I've seen his work as, 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 even as, as the destruction of Harvey last year. I could see God working through the churches when all the churches come together and, and all these things that God was trying to do and we're working together. That not the government was saving everyone. It was the churches coming together that was doing everything. Why? Because God was directing the things that he needed to play in 2018. He was doing incredible things. I, 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 I've looked through so many stories and so many people's lives in 2018 and I could go man only God did that at the beginning of this year I was I was still recovering from a hip surgery and and, and I had an incredible need for in, in my job situation and and I just thought man this is just how it's gonna be we're gonna make the the best of it and and I could see God and I, can I just share this story with you as as I was praying God I need a new job situation and I need some things at work in my life I'll never forget walking we were actually in the freedom uh, in, in freedom uh, uh, Bible studies in our freedom groups and I remember leaving after a freedom group one night and walked into Tijuana's, me and my wife after the freedom group and we walked in and, and Tijuana's was not busy. That was a miracle in itself. And I walked into Tijuana's and maybe there was five or six tables full of people and the lady said, here, I'll come seat you. And, 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 and I'll, I'll never forget as this, this waitress said, y'all just follow me. And we followed her over. I could see the table we were going to. She was taking us. There was nobody in the area. She took us over there. And, and I remember turning around to my wife. And I turned back around. And, and, and the lady just stopped where she was. She was taking us to the table. I was like, what's wrong? She says, there's, there's somebody sitting at your table. There was not anybody at this table when we started walking there. There was nobody in the area. And she said, there's somebody sitting at your table. And I thought, well, just sit us over here. There's 50 other tables available. And she was confused. And she was like, hold on, let's go back up here and let, let me look. And took us back to the front of the, uh, of the restaurant. And she said, follow me. I, I found another table. And I'm thinking, what's the big deal? There's about 15 tables all around this place. It's empty. And she sits us down over at this table, and I'm talking to my wife about this freedom thing and, and, and that we were going through. And there was a big pole to my left. And I happened to lean back in my chair, and I saw someone in, in blue Nomex, and it's just what we wear at the refineries. And I thought, well, I may know them. And I looked over at them, and it was Will. It was a great friend I haven't seen in, in many years. Him and his wife were sitting there eating, and I, I looked over at Will, and I was like, hey, man, it's been a long time since, since I saw you. And when Will looked at me, he was like, it wasn't like, hey, I'm glad to see you. He, it was like a, an, an amazing thing was happening. He didn't know what was going on, and I thought, well, it's just me, dude. It's okay. <laughs> you know. Uh, but what was going on was he had just received a text on his phone saying that there was an opening at his place of work and he looked at me and I didn't know what he was surprised about he looked back at his phone and looked at me and he put his phone down he's like hey it's good to see you and 
He said, how you been doing? And I said, you know what, dude? I said, to be honest with you, I'm really looking for a new job. And I was, and he, and, and you can see the whole story happening there that that was the job, that's the job that I now work at. The job that, the, the, the resume that I have completely matched the job application. I'll never forget God doing that. I'll never forget the things that God's done this year. And I hope you realize what God's done this year. But if all that hadn't have happened in 2019, I would still want to know Jesus more. I would want to know him more. But you know what? I look through all these stories and I think, man, how awesome God is. He's been directing things my whole career. He's been directing things through this church. He's been directing things through your life, through the ups and the downs. He's just sitting back there going, hey, it's going to be okay. Just keep knowing me. Keep coming to me. Keep knowing me. The main thing is you need to know me more, and I will give you all the things that you will need. That's what he's trying to say. What if we seek first the kingdom of God above all else? But before this, before we know God or before we know Jesus more, before we know this, there, there's something very important. We, we really under, need to understand who is our God. Before we know God, before we know Jesus, before we know who he is, we really need to know who our God is. It's at this time of the year, every year, I try to read this book. It's called, uh, it's called God's at War, and I'm looking forward to starting it again. I've read it about 15 times, but I can't wait to read it. And it, it talks about the children of Israel. It talks about the children of Israel, and, and, and it was this very moment that God had called Moses up into the mountain, this, this book is talking about. God calls Moses, Moses is leading all the children of Israel out of the, out in, in, towards the promised land and out of Egypt. And, and, and God says, Moses, come up into the mountain. I, I want to meet you in the mountain. I want to show you who I am. And it's at this time that Moses walks up the mountain. He's traveling and he's going up there. And you know what he's going to get? He's going to get the Ten Commandments. Moses is going to meet, G, meet God face to face, and he's going to get the Ten Commandments. And, but, but this is the thing. As Moses is going up this mountain, and, and he's going to get the Ten Commandments, if he would have looked back on the children of Israel, I, I believe he would have been just, it would have been just something else to see. Because as Moses is going up into the mountain to know God or to find more of God or to hear about these Ten Commandments, the very people, the children of Israel, were down below. They were rigging up their own God. The moment that Moses is leading all the children of Israel, and, and he's going up to the mountain to hear about God and to know God more and, and to hear about what God wants to do, at the same moment, the children of Israel are down there rigging up their own God. In fact, Psalm says it this way in 106, 19 through 20. It says, the people made a calf at Mount Sinai, and they bowed before an image made of gold. They traded their glorious God for a statue of a grass-eating bull. This is the children of Israel. These are the people that just brought, brought out of slavery. But I got to thinking about this scripture, and I got to thinking about this story that in our own day, I mean, Moses had to go up to the mountain to know God more. He had to climb up to the mountain, and it was only him. It wasn't the children of Israel. Moses was going to bring back God's word to the children of Israel. These were those days. It was, it was those days where, I mean, even in the Old Testament where later on people had to go into the Holy of Holies, and only certain people could get into there and, and know, know God, and, and then they could come out, and, and only those people could experience God. And then we move to the New Testament, and we, we find it in Acts that, that God God, he, he just, he just in, in the New Testament, he, he, he rips the veil. And why? Because he wants to be known more personally in the New Testament. And we find out that in Acts that the people were filled with the presence of God and they could know Jesus more. And, but, but, and, and we stand here today and the, all the opportunities that we have to know God more. All the phones that we have where we can read God's word. All the, the time where we can spend to know God personally. 
I wonder if sometimes even in my own life that I've been rigging up a man-made God instead of knowing Him more personally. I wonder if there's been times in my life that, that I have put more time into a vehicle that I needed to work on or a, a house that I needed to upgrade or a, a job that required every bit of my time or, or, or maybe putting my kids in, onto a team and, and making sure they get make every practice and, and, and show up at every practice to, to win the game or, or to put my time into those things or, 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 or trying to, and I say trying to, make a body that's toned and fit or, or, or maybe even leaving that phone that never leaves our hands. And I could go on and on about my life. And there's so many times I think, God, have I really put more time into this than I've put into knowing you more? And God's answer would be, it's okay, I'm still here. But I just wonder in 2019, I just want to put everything else aside and say, God, I want to know you more. I want to know your love. I want to know your grace. I want to know your majesty. And as Paul said, I want to know you as my personal Savior, my God, my Savior. Because this book goes on to say this. It says, our God is what you are sacrificing for. And our God is what we are pursuing the most. And I'm not saying this. I'm not saying all those things are bad. They're great. But compared to knowing God, and I love my kids, and I love my wife, and I love my job. But compared to knowing Jesus as my Savior, and I would never say this, but really all those things are like dog dung compared to knowing Jesus Christ. That's where I want my 19 to be. I want to know them more. I want to know Him, but I want to know Jesus. I want to tell you a story of a, of a really cool, really awesome young man that really liked girls. It started in third grade. Now this man, this, 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 this third grader was an incredibly strong, tall, dark, and handsome young man in third grade. He understood this. He understood that the, the female species was a, a species that he needed to pursue in third grade. So he started pursuing them. And there was this one girl. Her name was Holly. In his third grade class, not Holly Woolen, although she was in my third grade class and very good looking at the time and still is. This was another Holly. She was his first crush. She was good looking. She was hot, as hot as a third grader could be. Man. Well, he wanted her to be his girlfriend, so he wrote her a love note. Y'all may need to take notes right here. Get the notebooks out right here. I'm going to teach you lots of things. But he, he wanted her to be his girlfriend, so he wrote her a love note. You know what it said? It really said this. It said, Holly, will you be my girlfriend, circle, yes or no? What do you think she said? Thanks for the faith, people. She said no. But you know what that taught that young man in the third grade? That tall, young, dark, and handsome young man, it told him to never quit because God will always put a better thing in front of you. That's what he taught him right there. He wasn't thinking that at the moment, though. But this didn't stop his pursuit for the female species. See, this guy was the kind of guy. This was the kind of guy this was. This was the kind of guy that, that would treat the girls like a lady. Amen, ladies. Why? Because he was pursuing her. He, he wanted to get to know the, the, these girls. And, and, and then this guy would open the girl's door because that's what guys need to do even in 2019. He would open the door for her, pull out her chair. He would pay for every meal for her. He would treat her. I, I think we need to maybe take a little time and rejoice right now because that's what needs to happen. Anyway, he would treat her like a queen. You know why? Because he wanted to get to know them. He, he would talk to her. He wouldn't text her. I know there wasn't text in that day, but he still wouldn't text her. He would have called her. He would have wanted to hear her voice. 
he, he, because he was pursuing her. He would talk to her, spend time with her on the phone and in person. In fact, that was how this young, dark third grader would get the better looking girls is because the way that he treated the girls. And then one day, one fine day, there was this young, beautiful, very, very attractive, redhead-looking lady that come along in his life. And you know what? He wanted to know her. He started dressing better. He started smelling better. He would take two baths. He, he, he would start press his shirts. He would make sure everything was perfect. He would open every door, pull out every chair, pay for every meal. You, you name it, he went above and beyond because this girl was hot looking. She was good looking. And he wanted to get to know her. <laughs> Cody, I love you. So he pursued her. And eventually he married her. And he still pursues her to this day, every day. I want you to know this today. That way before your third grade year, way before your third grade year, there was someone that was pursuing you. There was somebody pursuing you. He was in love with you. He was crazy about you. And he wants to know you. Someone that created everything that there is. Someone that spun the earth into existence. Why? Because he wanted you to enjoy it. He wanted you to breathe better. He wanted you to see the beauty of all the mountains and beauty of the rivers. Way before your third grade year, he did all these things. He was, he, he's been pursuing you the whole time through the ups of your life, through the downs of your life. Jesus Christ has been pursuing you since the beginning of time. Why? Because he wants to know you. He wants to show his love to you. He's crazy about you, and he wants to get to know you. He's been pursuing you the whole time. Jesus Christ loves you, but this is the thing. He wants to get in a relationship with you. He wants to know you personally. He wants to let you know what he's about. He wants to know everything about you and let you know everything about him. He wants you to know him, but not just know about him. He doesn't want you just to know about Jesus. He wants you to know him. I didn't want to just get to know about Courtney. I wanted to know Courtney. God doesn't want us just to know about him. He wants you to know him and really know him. How many of you know this guy? That guy right there. How many of you know that guy? You know him? Y'all know him? What's his name? What is it? Jose Altuve. Who does he play for? Houston Astros. Are they the best team on the planet? Well, not last year, but the year before. But next year, they're going to be back again. I know, I know who he is. I know who Jose Altuve is. Do you know where he plays? Position. Second base. Some of you know him a little more than the rest of you. I know who that is. I know what position he plays. I know his name, but I just know about him. I have never talked one-on-one -on -one with Jose Altuve. And do you know what? Besides winning me the championship, he's never done anything else for me in my whole life. I know about him. But I don't talk to Jose Altuve on the phone. I don't know his phone number. And he doesn't even know who Brandon Pippen is. I know about him. Do you know who this next guy is? This guy right here, that's Donald Trump. That's our president. I know about it. What team does he play for? USA or Donald Trump. I, I know who he is. I know what position he plays. He plays the president of the United States. And now I'm sure he's done a few things for me being the president. Called freedom and maintaining our freedom. But listen, I don't know Donald Trump. I just know about him. 
I've never been one-on-one with him. I've never been in the room with Donald Trump. Even though I know who he is, and if he walked into the building, I'd probably salute and applaud because he is our president. But I don't know Donald Trump. I don't know him personally. I don't know him. See, there's a lot of people today. You can take that and put the, the title back up. There's a lot of people today that have grown up in church or started going to church and they know a lot about Jesus. They know a lot about Jesus. They hear his word. They may read his word. They may may sing songs about him and and even worship him. And and there's a lot of people that have grown up, but they don't know a lot about Jesus. Or they know a lot about him, but they don't know him. Can I read to you the scariest scripture in the Bible? To me. The scariest scripture in the whole Bible. Matthew 7, 21 through 23. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. But only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. And many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, didn't we prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and in your name perform many miracles? And then he looks at them plainly. He's going to look at them plainly. And he's going to say the scariest words that I hope I never hear. Even though you prophesied in my name and drove out demons and, and, and you went to church and you, you, you showed up on Sunday and you, you maybe even spoke a message and, and you did all these things and I hope God never looks at me plainly and says, I never knew you. To me, that is the scariest scripture in the whole Bible. That even though I attended church and I was part of an incredible church family and, and, and I've given my life to Christ and, and done all these things, but it's not about doing, it's more about knowing. It's not about going, it's about knowing. It's about knowing Jesus. It's not about going to church, it's all about knowing Jesus. It's not about attending Parkway Life Church and and serving with everything we can. Those are great things, don't get me wrong. But everything in my life has got to be about knowing Him and knowing Him personally and knowing Him more and more and more and more. I want to know Him and I want Him to know me. I want him to know me. I want him to know me. So how do we know that Jesus knows us? How do we know Jesus? Well, this, this is the process. It's called taking next steps and, and growing in Christ and knowing him more. This is the process. See, we must first meet him. We, we must first meet him. See, you, you hear about him. You, you hear that he loves you more than anything in this world. You hear that he created you, that you're his masterpiece, that you're an incredible being that he created. And, and you hear that he loves you so much that one of these days he actually decided to give his life for you on a cross. And, and you hear them, you start hearing more and more and more about him. And the more that you start to hear about him, the more that you begin to like him. And the more that you begin to like him, the more that you fall in love with him. And the more that you hear him and you you start to know him better. Can, Can I just let you know, and this is no secret, but can I let you know that's what everything Parkway Life Church is about. I don't want you to know me more. I don't know, I don't want you to hear to my words. I don't want you to hear pastor's word. I don't want you to just hear songs and, and incredible music and, and, and see incredibly, incredibly smiling faces out there. That's not what we're about. We're about you knowing Jesus. That's why we do these messages. That's why we do these songs. That's why when we open these doors, it's not here to give you a show or, or some incredible thing. It's not. It's all about you getting to know Jesus more and more and more. That's what Parkway Life is all about. Can I be honest? That's everything we're about. It's, it's everything we're about. In fact, you know what? It's what we call our dot one. It's our first priority in every person that walks through those doors. Our dot one is this, is to know what? Jesus. You, you, we have 
three other dots, know Jesus and find freedom, and, and there, there's a lot of other things. And, but if you never make it to dot two, three, and four, I want you to at least make it to one where you know Jesus. Know Jesus. Know Jesus. But this is the thing. It doesn't stop there. When you meet Jesus and you fall in love with him, you realize, man, I've done some things in my life that, 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 that maybe he doesn't agree with. It's called sin. It's okay. We all done it. We must repent. We must be sorry. We must turn around and start in the same direction. It's called a, a next step in our life. And then turn around and go the same direction as Jesus. You know, this, this, this happens in our marriages and our dating relationships. I'm trying to bring it back home to all of us and understand it a little better. This happened sort of like that with my relationship with Courtney. See, I met her. I liked her. She's beautiful. I wanted to know her. She, she wanted to get to know me. And when we began this relationship, I pushed all the other girls aside. Sorry. There was better for you. Amen. But whenever I met her, I wanted to know her. And you know, when I, when I got to know her, you know what I did? All the other girls didn't matter anymore. I love y'all, but y'all didn't matter anymore. I wanted to know her. I put everything else aside. I pursued after her. Nothing else was, I didn't even like anything else. It happened like that with our relationship. Then one day I wanted to make my love public. So I got down on one knee. I proposed to her. I said, will you marry me? Circle yes or no. No, I didn't. <laughs> but we, we, we were married and she took on my name. It's like that. It's the next step with Jesus too. You get to know him. You like him. You repent. You find out you're in sin. Change your life. Turn around. Then you, then you get to know Jesus a little more. You started walking with him, repented, and then you wanted to make it public. So what did you do? You got baptized. You got baptized in Jesus' name, just like she got baptized in, in Pippin's name in her life. It wasn't the same baptism, but she began Courtney Pippin. We began Brandon, and in Jesus' name, got applied to our life in baptism. And you began, you were made brand new. Your sins were completely washed away. And he placed his name in your life. You are now a child of God. It was that next step. And after that, Jesus filled your life with the Holy Spirit. And you lived happily ever after. Amen. But wait. My relationship with Courtney didn't stop at the marriage. At the marriage ceremony. This is an eye-opener for a lot of Christians. My relationship continued on after that. We got married. I wanted to know her more. We went to the honeymoon. Let's move on. And we got to know each other a, a little more there. And, 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 and we wanted to keep continue getting to know each other. So, so it, it didn't stop at the honeymoon. It, it went the next week and the next and the next year. And, and 21 years or 22 years later, here we are in more in love with each other than we were 25 years ago when we first started dating. Why? Because my marriage didn't stop. I mean, my relationship didn't stop at the marriage ceremony. I didn't know everything about her. I only thought I did. And can say that men say amen at the marriage ceremony. There was more to know. And the more I got to know, the more I liked her. The more I loved her and the more I pursued her. And I wanted to know her more. It, it didn't get to some certain point. Now listen to me. In your marriage, it doesn't get to certain, some certain point in your marriage relationship where you stop knowing each other. Maybe we should go into a relationship series right now. It didn't get to a point in our relationship where I was like, man, finally I knew you. I, 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 finally I just know you. It didn't get to that point. Why? Because I'm still getting to know her daily. And can I say this? After that marriage ceremony with Jesus Christ where you go into baptism and he fills you with his spirit and your life is made brand new and he lives in you, your relationship with Jesus Christ does not stop there. It only begins there. You got to know him more. You got to know him more. You want him every day because there's nobody like him. We spend time with him. We get into prayer 
We love reading his word, not because we have to or not because we're checking off a box. It's because I want to know him. I want to know what he's saying to me. I want to know him more. It's communication. He talks to us through his word and we talk to him through prayer. And Imagine this. Imagine if I only spent one or two hours a week with my wife. I wouldn't know her. Our, our relationship would begin to fall apart. And I want to say this. We want you to know Jesus is a parkway. But we want you to take him with you when you leave. We want you to live life with Jesus. We want you to do life with Jesus. We want you to stay close to him. See, things in life will try to come in and pull you away from him. But it's our job to stay close and to know him more. Michael, would y'all come get ready to finish? I want to I want to keep him first. Paul, thank you for those words. I want to seek after him first. I want to know him more with all my days. And, and let me tell you, you will never go anywhere where Jesus is not there with you. In your ups, on your mountaintop days when you're celebrating and you're loving life and everything's good and everything's perfect. I want you to know that right there beside you, God is celebrating along with you. Going, yeah, way to go, buddy. Everything's good. Everything's great. But I also want you to know that through the Harvey waters of life, through the lows of life, when you just think, man, I can't go anywhere and nobody's there with me. I want you to know that even during those times that God is weeping with you and he's crying with you and he's saying, dude, I love you. And lady, I love you. I want you to know me during this time. Because during this time, I want to pick you up and help carry you through the hard times of life to get you back towards the mountaintop experience. He wants to know you at the heights of your life, and he wants to know you at the lowest of the lows in your life. He is there with you. He is continually through there with you through all of these days. But this is the thing in life. No matter your situation, we just got to want to know him more. See, I understand this scripture more today. I love what Paul said because it gets it right. I want to go back to the first scripture. It's the next one on the screen. Philippians 3 and 8. Yes. Yes. In 2019, everything else is really worthless compared to the infant knowledge of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For His sake... I have discarded everything else, counting it as all as garbage so that I could gain Christ and become what? So I could have a relationship, so I could be married to him, so I could become one with him. I want to know Christ and experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. I want to become one with him. I want to become one with him. In fact, the more that you start pursuing him, The more that you start pursuing him, the more you realize he's been pursuing me the whole time. He's just been waiting on that two-way relationship. See, we don't like one-way relationships, do we? We don't like those. In fact, I was talking to my wife. I said, I want to make it, I, I am wasting my time a lot, and this is nobody in this room, but I'm wasting a lot of my time in one-way relationships where I'm constantly pouring into people, and they're not wanting to know me anymore. I want to take people in my life that I have two-way relationships with, that I talk to, and they talk to me, and I strengthen them, and they strengthen me. Everyone in this room, I, you're strengthening me. But see, this is the moment God's been waiting for. See, from the very moment you breathe your first breath, He's been in a one-way relationship with you. He's been pursuing you. He's been wanting you to know more about Him. He's been in a one-way relationship, and there's been a lot of times where it went to two-way, but then back to one and two, and it's been one of those rocky relationships. He wants to say today, He said, didn't matter. We can begin again today. 
God's wanting that moment where it's not just a check-the-box moment on Sunday. God bless you. I love you. Keep coming here. We love you at Parkway. But you're missing out. If it's just a check-the-box, I made it to church on Sunday. He's wanting to say, hey, I've been pursuing you. Crazy about you. He wants you to know his love. He wants you to know his grace. He wants you to know on your weakest days, and you don't think you can make it another day, and you feel so weak, and you're like, he wants you to know his strength. When you are weak, he is strong. He wants you to know the kind of relationship. I'm going to tell you, I'm going to be honest with you. Me and my wife have an incredible relationship. You know why? Because when I'm weak, she's strong. And where she's weak, I'm strong. And we've become one. And we work on our relationship. And we show each other love. And we put everything else aside. And we work every day, work hard. It's hard to have an incredible relationship. Now, not with you, but probably with me. But it's, 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 it's something we pour our life into. I want a relationship with my kids, and I love them, and I, I pour a lot into them. I want a relationship with you, but there's only one relationship that really matters. It's the relationship that's going to last for eternity. You see, this is the deal. I don't want to pour into 2019 into making my kids be the best kids that they can be and getting them to every soccer practice and baseball practice and all these things that we pour our life into. And that's not bad. It's all good. But I don't want to spend my time putting into things that when one day I'm going to realize it was all worthless. When I look at him face to face and he looks at me and he says, Brandon, come on in. That's the moment I'm living for. I want to know you more, God. I want to know my wife. I want to know my kids. I want to know you more. But can I be honest with you like Paul said? It's great and everything, but compared to knowing Christ Jesus, even my relationship with you is like dog dung. The relationship that I give my life for and pour everything I can into. That relationship one day. Compared to the relationship I have with Jesus Christ. Really doesn't matter compared to Him. Ephesians 3, you can stand with me. Ephesians 3, 18 through 19. And don't get me wrong, I love this woman and I love my relationship. I don't want you to misread my words. It's my relationship with her compared to him. Ephesians 3, 18 through 19. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp this. This is what I want you to grab. Why do you need to know Jesus Christ? Because this is what you need to know. You need to know His love. You need to know how wide, how long, how high, and how deep is the love of Christ. When you get to know Him, you don't get to know somebody that's judgmental. You don't. You get to know the love of Jesus Christ. The more I get to know Him, the more I understand His love for me. The more I get to know Him and take next steps in Christ. The more I get to know Him, the more I love Him. And the more I love Him, the more I'm crazy about Him. And the more the closer that we get, the more I get to see you know one word it's his love it's his love and his compassion for me and he says this and to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all fullness of God I just want to know Jesus. 
the more I get to know him, the more I want you to know him. The more I get to know him, the more I want the people at my job to know him. The more I know him, the more I want my kids to know him. It's really the only thing in life. All these other pursuits, they're great. Keep on. Do your best on your job. Give every day when you wake up in the morning. Give your job the best that you can give it. Pursue that career. Pursue all these things. Pursue your wife. Pursue your husband. Pursue your kids. Get, in 2019, you give that more than you've ever given before. But when it comes down to it all, in 2019, the really, really, really thing that really matters how much do you know Jesus? I don't want to live my life without Him. I don't want to have a great marriage and not know God. I don't want to have great kids and not know Jesus. I don't want my son to, to grow up and be like Jose Altuve or even one of my daughters to become the president of the United States. That would be incredible. That would be great. But you know one thing that I really think the only thing that matters is that I know Jesus and she knows Jesus and my kids know Jesus and you know Jesus. Put it all into those other things, but don't leave him out of the picture. It's all about knowing Jesus Christ. If you don't know him today, if you don't know him today, we're about to sing a song. One of my very favorite songs of all time. It's about the, it's called The More I Seek Him. The more I seek him, the more I love him. The more I love him, the more I want to know him. I, that's not the right words, but, but man, that's my pursuit in 2019. That I may seek him more and know him more. And not him just giving me a one-way relationship, but me giving that relationship back to him. It's the first thing in my life. It's the priority in our life. And I want you to know Jesus Christ. I promise you, the more you're going to know him, the more you get to know him, the more you're going to love him, the more you're going to be crazy about him the more your life is going to be full and life he wants to give you life and life more abundantly would you worship with me today and let's let this